0: It's Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game Titans losers against Buffalo yesterday, and that is what they are, losers. Uh, I think that is definitely the way that I would like to couch it. By the way, I think this team is super soft, and we'll get into this more either today or later in the week, but I I believe the Titans, who have been preaching accountability, have a lack of accountability problem that I'm sure we will uh, get into here at some point but it is time for the gm's three things three things floyd liked, three things he did not like from yesterday's game against buffalo uh, and we'll give away Nashville sc tickets later this hour as well so floyd it is time to get to that we start of course with the things you liked what did you like yesterday number one
1: this was this took a little bit of searching to get some of these <laughs> uh the defense and i think the defense played well enough to win the game defense gave up 14 points they um you know they the the very last series they gave up, gave up a couple of longer runs none of them you know gashed but still longer runs but up until then i mean they did a great job of just keeping us in the game keeping us to where we could we were going to have a chance even though the offense did absolutely nothing to help them out with field position i mean they were constantly yeah, on the forty going in, and they had to find a way to stop them, and they did.
0: What did you think about the fact, though, that the defense gave up another long run late in the game? I not see. I didn't think that was a long run. I mean, to, to me, what was it? Uh, I don't know. It was Isaiah McKenzie who ended up going for about forty yards or so, and maybe it wasn't no, at the 19 end. Nineteen yards.
2: Of the... That was that kind of trick play, right? Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the, semi- semi- one. semi-reverse. Yeah, yeah, nineteen yards. That was it. Yeah. The one where, where Vaccaro got turned around and... Well, that's what they have. First, huh. first and 10 on the 50. Yeah, I want to say they got to about like the 10 on that play, but I don't know. Okay, what's the second thing you liked?
1: Number two. Um, second thing for me is Landry. I thought Landry again. I mean, we, he he is getting absolutely no talk. And every week is finding a way to put some pressure on the quarterback. And he did it again yesterday. And uh, I, I mean, he um, got at least one sack, if not maybe part of another. Uh, but I mean, he is giving us some effective rush from the outside, uh, which, is, which is really, really important, very prominent. So it's nice to see him coming along, you know, at a position uh, in part of a scheme that, that we really need some of
0: So one thing that I thought was amazing was Allen had the football for about 10 seconds on one play and as he went to throw it Landry squared him up and I thought Landry was going to kill him. And I and I was worried that they he was good cuz Landry was getting ready to go crazy on Allen. And Allen throws the ball and then the camera goes to the receiver or whatever and it's an incomplete pass or something like that and I was stunned. They didn't call roughing the passer on Landry. So then they show the replay, and Landry stops himself before he hits Allen.
1: He actually, and, hugs him.
0: Yeah, hugs him to keep himself from hitting Allen. And Vrabel today was talking about this officiating crew, and Vrabel said that this crew calls offensive holding and roughing the passer. He said any time there's a close roughing – They'll call it. So for Landry to stop himself the way he did, to me, was they had beat that into Landry's head of, hey, if you hit him a second late, they're throwing it. And Landry did a great job of not picking up the flag. When it was really questionable, would you have called it if he had hit him? But Landry stopped himself and hugged him, and I thought that was great as well. And taking to the coaching that they have been preaching during the week. Number three.
1: Third thing for me is Bayard. Uh, and again, I think he, um, he got... He was the one that got you your only penalty or your only points uh with his interception and gray field position, uh, got him down, got him in a, at a point where they could find a way to get it in uh and without traveling you know 50, 60, 70 yards. So the interception was a was a big time play. I'll tell you what it, the play that impressed me as much or more than anything was at a point in time he lined up out as a press corner. On I don't know if it was a tight end or I can't remember who it was but a press corner on a guy, and he ran a slant and I'm going to tell you what now Kevin was all over him knocked the ball loose, it was really a fine play so he's once again you know making some plays for us
0: that one play you were talking about was like the 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 bare maximum that you wouldn't get past interference called for, but was like a perfect play where you couldn't call interference. Anything more would have been interference, but that's exactly the line that he walked up to that. Okay, the three things you didn't like, I think this is probably a lot easier. Number one.
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, I've got... Twelve? Easy. Um, Number one, I guess, is, again, the the inconsistency of our offense. I mean, it is non-existent. We kill ourselves with penalties. We kill ourselves with drops. We kill ourselves with sacks. Uh, I mean, we kill ourselves. The three and outs, we've already talked about it, being 60% of your offense. Um, So, you know, if 60% of your offense is three and outs, in essence, you have no offense. So very, very inconsistent. Need a lot of work.
0: Is that all Marcus's fault or does it fall into a a larger pot? I
1: mean, uh... I think you can blame any number of people. I mean, there's a there's a ton of people that could you know there are a lot of people that that um, fit into that category, but and, and I know you don't like this quarterback is always going to take the brunt for it, always just like the head coach, always going to take the brunt. It's the way it Number works. Number two.
3: Uh,
1: second thing for me, I, I think is is the fact that on offense we can't count on anything. We can't count on the quarterback leading us. We can't count on the receiver you know, going out and finding a way to, to make a great catch to win the game. We can't count on the running back ripping off a, a 50-yarder when we need it. Now, we've seen all of those guys do it. I'm not saying they, they can't do it. But you would like at some point in time to be able to count on something, be able to turn around and say, okay, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to get it to Johnny, and Johnny's going to find a way to win this game. And we just don't have that. And I think when you get into critical situations like that on offense where you're really, really looking for for somebody to, to get you that extra first down or two so that the field goal is shorter, or that now maybe you're in the red zone, And maybe have a better chance to score. And we're just, you know, we're just floating on a giant ocean there. We don't know which way to go.
0: How do you manufacture that?
1: You don't, you need playmakers. You need somebody that's going to do that. I mean, we had, you know, we, again, in the past, we had guys, you know, with us, it was going to be Eddie, or it was going to be Steve, or it was going to be, you know, somebody. Yeah, D. Mace, or it was going to be, I mean, we were going to find a way. For somebody, and they, they would get in line to stand up. And we, we just can't find that guy on this offense. I mean, he has not presented himself. Number three. Third thing, of course, are all the penalties. And uh, and I don't care, you know, what you do. I think I think even though they had more penalties than we did, and actually a few more. Um, but, I, I mean, the penalties we had were critical and crucial. They were just crushing you know, you score, we score two times. We can't score all day long. Score two times in four plays and have them both call back. You know, things like that you just can't survive in the NFL doing. Um, and, and again, I think everybody, even though the offensive line probably, if you go through and count them, would probably end up with the most I mean, kind of everybody took their shot, and and that's one of the things that – that's one of the reasons that uh, 6% of your offense is down the tubes because you're doing stuff like that, just stuff that is inexcusable.
0: Roger Saffold got a false start on a PAT. I don't think I have ever seen that before. Oh, yeah. A false start on a PAT. I thought that was Douglas. Am I wrong? They said 75. I think Saffold said No, uh, I thought
1: they said 64. Now well, now we're it. all confused, I guess. Yeah. maybe I, just I think read it was the
2: Saffold. But, I yeah, thought I'll Saffold was 76.
0: But maybe I'm wrong. 615, 737, 1025. Maybe it is Douglas. I don't know. But again, offsides on a, on a PAT. This is crazy. 615, 737, 1025. We'll get back to your calls on Titans Monday. Uh, coming up next, though, I feel like this game, just the sense I get from the fans, maybe I'm wrong. But this is the first time I felt like I got a sense from the fans that maybe he's a little different about this coach. We'll get to that next. Jared of the GM, live from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's ESPN 1025, the game.
2: Here you go, Mike Vrabel opting again to give his kicker a shot at redemption. We're maybe going to give him one more chance. This is a tough kick,
1: however, 53-yarder. He's missed from 50, 36, and 33. Santos, he had a
4: And his nightmare afternoon continues. I mean, I have confidence in him. And obviously, when we send him out there, we're sending him out there with the intent to to put points on the board. Like that's what we're trying to do. And I felt like where the defense is playing, you know, to be able to win the game, uh, we get the ball back and, and, and score a touchdown to win it.
0: That was Mike Brabel. Floyd, before we get to the calls, I have one take, and that is the fans are furious. At Vrabel with that decision. Now he just explained it perfectly. Just explained it. I'm just. just I'm not. Get I'm not arguing it. At, I'm just telling you what the fans oh, think. I think. I think the fans, you know,
1: get that way because it's not explained to them what you're trying to do, and you see it happen every week. Every. It's not unusual at all for a guy to be behind and need to score ten points. And instead of scoring the touchdown and then kicking the field goal, you kick the field goal, hope to get the ball back, which they did, and then go down and score the That's not
0: unusual. Is that a coach, though, that has a capable field goal kicker that hasn't missed three that day? It doesn't. See, again— it doesn't matter. What are your options? You wanted a punt. I wanted to go for you it. You punt and you lose. I didn't want to punt. I said I'd it rather said punt I than kick. I want to punt. I'd rather punt. So, I would, I mean, I would you rather can't, have punted. You can't, and that's my I would rather have point. punted than go for it. I would have go, gone for it, one. Number one, I, I would have gone for it. I would have put the offense back out there, and I would have gone for it on fourth down. Number two, I would have punted put the Bills at about the two-yard line with seven minutes to go or whatever it is, and would have put my defense, which had a great game, and tried to force them to get me the ball back at about the 40-yard line. And three, I would have kicked a field goal with this guy that can't kick. Three, that was my option. And again, this isn't about whether or not it was the right decision or the wrong decision. It was the wrong decision. It's not about that. It's about the fact that this decision for some reason and this game and this Buffalo game, I believe is the first time that I have ever felt like the Titan fans are getting fed up with Vrabel. You know, even when they would lose last year, if they didn't agree with it, you know, they weren't, they they you know, it was, hey, you know, we're building, building, whatever, et cetera. They won nine games last year. You know, the team was super injured, so it was okay. Now, after losing to Buffalo again, I think they're really starting to get fed up with the coach. And that could be rightly or wrongly. I don't know. I'm just saying, I feel as if the fans are starting to get fed up with the coach.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't sense that at all. But, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, but you also thought the fans weren't fed up with the last coach. Yeah. And they hated the last coach.
1: <laughs> Again, I don't know that at all either.
0: One time we did a three <laughs> o'clock segment. This was like December of 2017. And we did a three o'clock segment that was why do the fans hate Mike Mularkey? And you were like, I don't, I don't think the fans hate Mike Mularkey. And we did literally two hours of phone calls on that. Um, I this is the first time, and I'm not saying, and, and I don't know how much it matters what the fans think. To be honest with you, uh, I think you know Nick Saban has gone out of his way to say I don't really care what the fans think. But when you're Nick Saban, you can do that. You know, can Amy Adams Strunk play in a stadium full of Bills fans every week? and be okay with the fact that the fans don't like the coach if that's where this gets. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I, I just felt like yesterday's game was the first time that it felt to me like the fans are really turning on Vrabel. And that, like, let's say they don't get it together and they lose this week at Denver, then it will avalanche and it will start to snowball if they lose winnable games.
1: Again, I have no clue. I don't know.
0: So let's so, talk to the fans. Let's go to the phones. We got loaded phone lines to get to. Uh, Anthony is up next here on Jared and the GM. What's up, Anthony?
2: Hey guys, um, uh, Jared. Really quick, I, I really I'm, I'm on your side with uh, with Mariota, and uh, I wanted to make a comment and then ask you guys both if you want to answer uh, a kind of a pointed question about the, a quarterback position. So I, I feel like he really did well yesterday and moved the ball. I mean, quite well, actually, uh, given all things considered. Um, but when is it time um, to take a look at a quarterback who's been kind of getting pummeled his first five years um, behind the offensive lines of varying degrees? Uh, when does it, you take that into consideration when you're evaluating his worth to the team and then saying, you know what, we don't have like a, a Julio Jones or we don't have like a Larry Fitzgerald that he's had as a consistent target. Um, when, when do we start factoring that into his value? And if you were going to replace him, who else could you bring in that could even uh, fill his shoes? So I'll, um, I appreciate your time, guys. I'll hang up and listen to your response.
0: Thank you. My, my take on this, Floyd, is that, like, let's say that, that we're all wrong. Let's say at the end of the year we all decide Marty Ota, you know, is not a franchise quarterback. So the Titans move on. Well, then I think eventually time will tell you. I mean, if you bring in another quarterback and, and the exact same things happen – where the line keeps getting holding penalties, guys can't catch, and you lose a puttload of games, even more games than you're losing right now, then or Mariota goes somewhere else and wins the Super Bowl, then you'll look like a dummy. Now, that's probably not going to happen. But, like, if that's the case, then that's how you would know. There's no real way of knowing what, you know, there's no real way of slicing it up to saying, this percentage of it is Mariota's fault, and this percentage of it is not Mariota's fault. At least, I don't think there's a way you can do
1: that. Well, no. I mean, the only two two words, first two words come to my mouth are Deshaun Watson. I mean, nobody in the world has been hit more than Deshaun Watson in the last four years. All he does is go out and throw for about 300, 350 every week.
0: Yeah, but to the college point, so, you know, where Marcus doesn't have a Julio Jones or anything like that. No. Deshaun he, does. He,
1: he, he's got a Hopkins. He's got three a,
0: great receivers.
1: No, he's got Hopkins this year. They they just traded for still and um what's his name was hurt all last year. Fuller. Fuller was hurt all last year. So I mean they had Hopkins Hopkins is the one guy that they've had and they go out there and you know, he goes up and down the field. But but I understand. He went what up and down saying. the
0: field this week against Atlanta. Watson threw for hundred and fifty the He's, week before nobody, against Carolina. Nobody,
1: nobody has been hit in the league. In the last two years, more than Watson, I know, but going away.
0: But I'm, but I mean, but the idea, away. but the idea that Deshaun Watson literally, you know, is putting up stats like he's Brett Favre back in the day is just not accurate. I mean, one week is 150, the next week is 350. You know, it's
1: oh yeah, yesterday was 450. Well, and five touchdowns.
0: Well, Mariota had a great game against <laughs> Atlanta we too. That Mariota <laughs> had a great game against the Falcons too. Uh, let's go to Tyreekus. Who's up next? What's up, Tyreekus?
5: What up, man? How y'all doing, boss? Good. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to take this fast because I got a lot. Um, first off, uh, Steve Winnell was a mobile quarterback. Jake Lockin' a mobile quarterback. Vince Young, mobile quarterback. Marcus Mariota, mobile quarterback. I think it's time for the Titans to look at a like a, a real pocket-passing quarterback. I know it's good to have all these credentials and everything. But next question is this right here, man. Okay, the first missed field goal, we blame the kicker. The second missed field goal, we blame the kicker. The third missed field goal, we like, uh, and then the fourth missed field goal, we blaming the coach. My thing is, if he missed all those field goals, the you the fourth kick was the farthest one back, and you still let him kick it. It, it just don't make no sense. This coach is a dangerous coach, dog. When you think about this, this guy—if we ever made the playoffs—I'm I'm scared to let him make any decisions in the game.
0: <laughs> Thank you for your call, Tyreekus. I I don't disagree <laughs> with what Tyreekus said right there from the standpoint of like. We okay. We blame the kicker for the first three, and then you have the furthest away kick.
2: I don't blame the kicker for the first one. I blame Marcus for the first one.
0: I mean, I blame the kicker for the first one. It was a fifty yarder and he missed it. I mean, you know, I'm, should
1: have been a forty yarder.
0: And anything else, the rest the of point. the day, give you any idea that he was going to hit a forty yard, hit a forty seven? Ha-
1: we don't know, but it might have changed everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point. If it was a forty yarder and he nailed it. Maybe that would have given him the confidence
0: on the other two. Forty-seven. Marcus lost. I don't, so I don't know what it was. Let's go to Steve. Who's up next? What's up, Steve?
3: Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man, I know I'm Marcus. I'm, I'm Marcus's bodyguard, but yeah, he shouldn't. He he should know not to throw past that line of scrimmage. But however, I'm not going to blame him this week. I'm going to blame John Robinson. I mean, he going to put uh, Vrabel, his yes man, in place. And I blame Amy most of all for falling for it because you got rid of a coach that was obviously better because you won a playoff game, and now you just keep digressing. You just keep going further and further into the hole, and we can't have a new a new, new England South unless you got Bill Belichick. And, and they Tom didn't Brady. replace DeMarco Murray. They did not replace that. Deion Lewis, man, get out of here. Jiffy Pop behind the line of scrimmage.
0: I agree. Deion Lewis sucks.
3: Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off here because I'm, I'm out of work. Thank, thank you, you
0: for your call, Steve. I will say this. The more the more Mike Rabel loses, the better of a coach the callers and the fans will think Mike Malarkey was. Like, so if Rabel takes the Titans to the Super Bowl, nobody here will ever talk about Mike Malarkey ever again. If Rabel loses a bunch of games, it'll be like, how did you fire a playoff coach? And then after you fire a playoff coach, you go out there and you lose all these games. Like, so... The way the, the people will feel about malarkey is tied directly to the results of Rabel. Not that that's fair to, to either guy, but that's just – those are the calls we're going to take, just so you know.
1: Human nature.
0: Well, you, you, you're you super into the baseball game or something? I see you over there looking at the – don't tell me you're looking at baseball.
1: I, I was trying to figure out what inning it is trying to get this thing off the TV.
0: It is the top of the eighth. <laughs> you can hear it on 94.9 Game 2. I am stunned – that Floyd was literally watching baseball. I was like he was looking out, at it like he was caring about it. I was trying
1: to figure out what ending it was.
0: No, nah, he was looking at because the guy threw the pitch, swung through it, and then you turned to look at me. So you watched the pitch, and then you turned to look at me. You're watching baseball. He's watching baseball. That's it. Floyd Reese is watching <laughs> baseball. I cannot believe it. Yeah we get Jason Stark on tomorrow. Talk to him. Oh, great. (laughs) Jared, the GM, right here, ESPN 1025, the game right back. The phone's next. Uh, ESPN 94.9, game two is the official English radio home of the Nashville Soccer Club. Listen in tomorrow night. Nashville SC takes on Louisville City FC at First Tennessee Park, pregame 630. uh, Kickoff at 7, only on ESPN 94.9, game two. Powered by your Middle Tennessee Toyota dealers. We're also going to be giving away a pair of SC tickets later today. Jared, the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Mike. What would you say to the fans who, when you were hired, it was about raising the bar and raising the level and see the inconsistencies and and want to throw their hands up and say this is the same old times? What would you say to those fans?
4: That we're working tirelessly to improve this football team each and every day. That when I come to work, uh, to the detriment of my family, uh, I think about this team um, when I'm here, when I'm not here, that we're going to improve, that our goal is to improve every day, to put guys into positions, to coach these guys, to let them uh, be in position to, to help the team and, uh, and play with great effort, play with great fundamentals, uh, but most importantly, uh, win.
0: Mike Brabel right there. That was his message to the fans. I'm not sure that's going to resonate very well with the fans, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, and also, I don't know how it's going to resonate with the fans. Uh, Taylor Lewan talking after the game about how the team is going to fix it. And I'm more worried about how this will resonate with the team as much as it will resonate with the fans. This was Taylor Lewan after the game uh, talking.
4: You know, I think one Titans fan told me that his, his dad sold his, their season tickets because he said the ball was going break break to the, break their heart. And so we have to be better. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, there's nothing... I'm not saying anything that nobody else sees. Like we have to be better. And that's myself included, everybody. On like upstairs, coaches, players, everybody has to be better. And and that's gotta be consistent. And it can't be, oh we lost. Well, uh, well, let's be better and then we win and then we're like, oh we're the greatest. it's, it's gotta stop. Yeah, it's just it's getting out of hand.
0: I don't know, like I agree with Taylor Lawan completely with everything that you just said. Except that I don't know if I want to hear it from a guy that was suspended for the first four games of the year and did not play at well at all yesterday.
1: Right. Well, he, he said, myself included.
0: I know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to hear you criticize everybody else at the same time. Like, if <laughs> I'm on that team. Like, I don't care about it. But if I'm on that team, yeah, how will I, I feel about it? I think he's
1: probably got a position, you know, where he's carries a little bit of clout. I mean, they don't have – I don't know how many guys like that they have in the locker room, you know. I mean, we know Marcus isn't that way. Derrick Henry's not that way. I mean, I, I don't know. Bayard really isn't that way. Casey, I mean, uh, you know. So uh, I, I think he's. I think what he's saying, there's probably be a bunch of those guys agree with.
0: The fact that none of those guys have that personality may be the biggest detriment of the team, in all seriousness. Might be one of the biggest things this team is missing. Let's go to your phones. Chase is up next on Taylor Lawan. Go ahead, Chase. So, I don't know if you guys saw it on Sunday morning,
2: but did you happen to see Taylor One's hype video that he posted? With something something like Dad's Home or Welcome Back, Dad. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but as a fan, I'm sitting here going, are you kidding me, dude? You're not coming back off an injury, off of, you know, something that was, you know, nothing against you. You're coming back off of suspension for your own idiocy, and you're going to promote yourself shamelessly? Just shut up and go to work, dude. Like, we... We don't need to see that. I, I, I'm just curious how you guys feel about that. If you're a coach, if you're a, another player, making your own hype videos before, after coming off the suspension, that just seems
1: ridiculous to me.
0: Thank you for your call, Chase Floyd. I, I didn't see it. No, no, I no. But, uh, I mean, I didn't either, but just in general, the thought of that. Yeah, I mean, like, you I don't mean, need I don't... to see it to have an opinion on Taylor Lewan hyping his own return.
1: Is that what hype video means? Hyping the fact that you're coming back.
0: Yeah, you know, like they put out a video that's like, you know, the the hype video. The oh, here he comes, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Jeez, I don't know. I don't get that to keep you guys. You know, There's, like a boxer hype video. Floyd, you're you're in the boxing, yeah, right? Yeah. Man, he's just pretending that's he great. doesn't
0: know because you don't want to answer uh, the question. It's ridiculous. I mean, who? who why would people I, do that? I would say that I have never. See, that's not something I'm used to. I would say that. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't really care about that. I got a problem with Taylor Lewan having a little Twitter beef with Shaq Lawson today oh, about geez. them going back and forth between <laughs> each other. And my problem with that is, like, Taylor, like, you sucked yesterday. You said it. You said that you sucked. You said, you know, hey, I need to be better. You do. And they ate you for breakfast. Buffalo did. So let, they're going to talk their trash, and then you just have to move on and ultimately you hope that you'll be in a better position than them at the end of the day, that you'll make more money than them, that you'll be a better player, and that when you go to the Hall of Fame or wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever happens, that you can brag about it however you'd like to brag about it, that's fine. But um, I think you told me that story one time of, you do that trash talking on the scoreboard, and I just wish Taylor would do that as opposed to, you know, get into a beef with Shaq Lawson where he looks bad because he got his butt kicked yesterday on the field. Uh let's go to Tyron and Brentwood, who's up next. Go ahead, Tyron. Uh,
5: I gotta tell you, man. Uh, you know, not a couple of things and I, I'm gonna get to my main point in just a second. But I mean Titans two and two, two and three, excuse me, two and three. Not really all bad. You lost to a team yesterday that made my guy Tom Brady look like dog poop last week. So really it isn't a surprise they make the Aloha Wonderboy look bad too. So this is a good defense. Um, you know, bad quarterback, um, which brings me to the Titans fans. And that's what I tell you. This, this has got to be suffocating. Tennessee Titans fans, you are such a bunch of frauds. The fact that you're calling up this show crying today about Ray them do this and Marcus this and this, that, that, and the other. How about you pack the stadium full of your fans and not let the Bills fans come in Pull down their pants and drop a deuce on you yesterday like that happened. I mean, I it over there to the game for a couple of minutes yesterday. Just kind of check it out. I'm hearing Buffalo fans cheering. I had to look at the logo and be like, is this Orchard park or what, what is it? Now nah, this is Nissan nice, Satan. How does that happen? Oh, that's right. It happened a year ago with the Eagles when they came in and dropped a large green turret on you. So, Titans fans, I don't want to hear no crying. You guys are a bunch of uh, frauds. You were two and two coming off a win last week. That felt like saved your season for the time being. Now they do suck the Falcons do. But you're two and two. Why wasn't that stadium packed four yesterday? Intensity, passion, fire. Because they knew it was, the was gonna happen. Gone? They knew what was gonna happen. They knew. Well, they, they may wanna know what to happen, but still you can't if you're not gonna try for the games, don't complain. I mean if you ain't gonna try for the games to the partner team and you're gonna let the opposing vision team
0: I'll tell you, I'll tell you I Tyron, mean- <laughs> Tyron, I said this yesterday. Thank you for your call. I said this in the pregame show yesterday. <laughs> Tyron. Credit to the Bills fans. You have to you have to tip your cap to the Bills fans because their team has sucked for forever and they still support them. And they all want to come to Nashville because Buffalo kind of sucks as a city because it's really cold and Nashville's fun. And so they want to come. They They want to come to Nashville. So they come to Nashville, and they pack it, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I got, for any Titan fan, and we'll get into this more later in the week, for any Titan fan that didn't go to the game, I have no problem with you. You want to sell your tickets make some scratch? I got no problem. Because we all know what's going to happen, because we've seen the same game a hundred times. Ian, did I not almost exactly predict that the Titans were going to lose this game exactly in the fashion they lost. Pretty much just like
2: last season, yep.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect the kicker to miss four kicks, but I knew it was going to be something where it was literally
2: Find a way to screw it up.
0: Yes, indescribably, amazingly awful how they would lose the game. That's what happened. And I think, you know, most people that are Titans fans are ready for that kind of loss to happen in a game like this. So I got no problem with Titans fans who sold their tickets. None. Zero. I hope you made a lot of money. I have no problem with that. Do you have any thought on that? No thought. You don't have any problem with Titans fans that sold their tickets?
1: Hey, your ticket, you can do what you want to with it.
0: I figured that you'd have, you know, I figured you'd be more passionate about the fans wanting to be in
1: there. That's if know. the
0: fans don't want to be there. That's up to the fans.
1: If the fans want to be there, they'll be there. I mean, the only thing that that they can control is going out trying to
0: win games. The only thing that the only time that it becomes an issue to me is if the team is like 13-1 and one and the fans don't show up, then I got a problem. Then that's a problem. But it's like Vanderbilt fans. like Who would go buy tickets to go watch Vanderbilt play right now? You can't do it. That's the yeah. most embarrassing team I've ever seen. And I've seen some real bad Vandy teams, and they are just as bad as all of them. So why would you ever buy tickets for that? Why would you buy tickets for the Vols? If you sold your tickets to a Georgia fan this week, I applaud you. If you sold tickets to Georgia fans. 615-737-1025. We'll get to some more calls as we wrap this up. It's Jared and the GM. Let me tell you about Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. You know I use them on my home. You know I love them on my home. Why? Because they do the best job. That's why they have a 4.8 out of 5-star rating. That's right. 4.8 out of 5-star rating. 4.8 average. On over 15,000 online reviews. That's right. Go to Hiller or HappyHiller.com, schedule your appointment today. They can be out as early as the next day. That's what happened to me last time I scheduled an appointment with Hiller. I went right to HappyHiller.com. And they were there the next day, fixed my issue, and I got the fairest price thanks to True Transparency Pricing. That's the name of the game over there with Hiller. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They are proud supporters of the Nashville Predators and proud supporters of the Tennessee Volunteers. And they do a great job at my home. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Call the happy face truck today. Jared and the GM. Also, we're going to be giving away some Nashville SC tickets next. CSPN 102 5 the game.
1: You think you coach too emotionally at times? You said after the Atlanta, uh,
4: when you went for it the day after, in hindsight, that, that you should have kicked it to get the three score lead. Yesterday, it, it seems like it would have been a wiser decision to, to have gone for it when you're sending on a kicker who struggled
2: all day are emotions at play
4: as you I well, I think everything we do I think that there's um you know emotion involved but I'm trying to make the uh the, the best decision uh for the team and you know again we can sit here and look and say well you know we did, we didn't get it we didn't pick up the fourth down our foot was across the line we had a penalty we we missed a kick um you know, I just don't think that you have the luxury to do that nor do you want to you know you got to make a decision and uh, and get the players uh, a call, one that they know and they're confident in and that uh, they can execute.
0: That was Mike Brable on that. You know, you coach a little bit too emotionally during the games. on going for it, not going for it, so on and so forth. Uh, interesting tweet into the show, Floyd. This comes from Sean. I don't know who. Sean, though. And Sean says... I don't like coaching by gut. When Bill Belichick makes an unconventional decision, it is because he and Ernie Adams have run extensive quantitative analysis to justify that decision. There is no gut. It's the right decision that either works out or doesn't. What do we think of that?
1: Uh, Fine. I don't... I mean, I I was with Bill when we went fourth and two... Threw the ball to a little running back that never ever drops it. He dropped it. We missed the Super Bowl. So I've been both sides of this story. That's why this is why I never get into it on fourth down. I'm just because saying, you know, the,
0: the emotional versus non-emotional versus, you know, that you think, was probably not a gut. You think
1: Bill was emotional?
0: I I don't think that that was a gut decision from Bill Belichick uh-huh. to go for it on fourth and two. Fourth, fourth and two on your own 30? I'm just saying. That's what the, that's what Sean, who tweeted in, said, which I tend to agree. With. I think Vrabel does coach from his gut too much, and I don't like it because I don't like playing blackjack with people who play blackjack with their guts. To me, I play blackjack the same way. You don't even need me to go play blackjack. You just need somebody who does what I do, which is follow the rules of blackjack. You just need that person to, to, to do that. Uh, by the way, Titans and Truth tweets in and says to Tyron, I was at the game, season ticket holder, and please tell Tyron to shut his pie hole. Jerry's right, same old Titans. Now I was embarrassed. The Bills fans outdid us, but the team did not give us anything to cheer about. That's what he said. That's like the people that were like, there were more Bills fans there than no. There were just they were just louder because the Bills fans had more to cheer about during the game. Uh let's go to your phones. Let's go to JD who's up next on Vrabel and the offense. What's up, J.D.?
2: What's up, guys? So it was very frustrating to be at the game yesterday, and with all those Bill fans, you know, uh, I agree with Tyrod. Either Titans fans need to be all in or all out, period. Y'all don't care how you who you sell your tickets to or whatever, then get rid of them. Quit being a Titans fan because we, we can't be going to a game with as many fans that showed up that was rooting for the Bills for us to just walk out with four minutes left when it's still a ball game. Second, with the particular situation, you know, I, I was at the game, so I saw him pouting on the sideline. So I don't know how much confidence you have in some guy that's pouting on the sideline with his hands crossed. But for Babel to not go for it on fourth down, you know, last week against Atlanta we were winning the game by 17 and he went for it on fourth down. Fourteen. Instead of, yeah. Yeah. And in this game, we're down, and he chooses not to. That tells me he has more confidence in the kicker that's missed three kicks than our offense. That was very frustrating to see. Thanks, guys. Take my call.
0: Yep, this is where I get really wishy-washy Thank with you. Vrabel, right? Is fourth and five? You know that's not good enough for for Vrabel. Vrabel thinks that fourth and five is too hard to get, so he can't. So he can't do anything about fourth and five. Whereas in the other, uh, you know, the fourth and six against Jacksonville, where the offense had been even worse than they were yesterday, he decides to go for it on fourth down and six where they weren't getting anything and they don't get it and they lose the game. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, well, so what made you, if you weren't cool with going for it on fourth and five one week, why are you okay for going for it on fourth and six two weeks prior? You know, like that's.
1: That's a pretty good question for you, I think.
0: What do you mean? (laughs) <laughs>
1: I mean, you, it's uh, it's the exact opposite. I mean, you criticize the heck out of him for going for it, whatever it was last week or the week before, Jacksonville, and now you're you want him to go for it, <laughs> so. I, I can't figure it out.
0: The kicker hadn't missed three kicks at that point in the Jacksonville game. <laughs> that you was need a, a points. That was
1: the difference. You needed to get on the board. <laughs> that was the difference.
0: Yes. I mean, I don't know how you can look at me and act like having not missed three field goals does not matter. That guy lost it his job today because he can't matter. kick. He literally it got does fired today.
1: not matter. But he
0: got fired today because it he sucks.
1: Does not matter. None of that matters. You're trying to win a football game. You only have one kicker. It's not like there are a lot of options. Now, if your offense, if you, if Tom Brady was your quarterback, you say, sure, let's go for it. You know, throw it to Falk in the flat. See what happens. But you don't have that. You've got a team that sixty percent of the time go three and out. And you all of a sudden feel you're completely confident you're going to convert fourth and five? No,
0: no. But even if I'm so, I mean, fifty percent, I think
1: you. I think you. You. What you do is you say, okay, what's the best way I can win this game? Well, I probably I'm not going to get two chances down here. I'm not going to be able to march with this offense. I can't march twice to get ten points. Can't do it. So I got to take a shot on this, and hopefully I can march one time. And get seven. And if we do, then we win.
0: Well, you just went over the 60% of the drives yesterday that were three and outs, which I, I'm not sitting here saying that I thought the that I'm sitting here, you know, couching for the offense. I'm just arguing that it's better than the 0%, which is what this guy was kicking at. This guy was kicking at 0%. Not 1%, not 50%, not 20%, 0%. I'll give you 20% if you want to take the PAT he hit. So I guess he was 20% in that regard. But, I I mean, so I'm going with – you're going with 40%. I mean, you're going with 0% over 40%. I'm going with 0%. I mean, no, Vrabel and you went with 0%. I'm going with 40%.
1: (laughs) You're confusing yourself. You don't even know.
0: Well, I'm I'm half half, here and half up
1: there. I mean, I can't imagine what we're doing here. It's –
0: Again, you're going with 0%. You and Vrabel going to kick it are going with 0%. This guy was 0% yesterday. And you guys went with him. And he's so bad that he can't keep his job to be able to kick today. Quickly, because we have not touched on any of this today. We'll touch on it way more tomorrow because it was Titans Monday. Vols versus Georgia. Any silver lining in their butt kicking yesterday or, or Saturday or is it just the Vols suck?
1: The first half, they were outstanding.
0: I was stunned when I saw the the first half.
1: They put, they looked like a legitimate big time program the first half. Then it went some far.
0: And so, what happened after the first half?
1: Well, they had a second half. <laughs> right.
0: So why couldn't they repeat the first half?
1: I have no idea, but it certainly didn't work. What did you think the of the first half? Quarterback? They were oh, he was killing it. I mean, he was big time. I mean, I, I was I was really really impressed.
0: So I wonder sometimes in football if these coaches actually like have the quarterbacks compete for jobs, or if it's just like Johnny's our quarterback, so everything we do will be built around Johnny's ability to play quarterback. And then when you put somebody else in there, they're much better. And you're like, wow, this guy's better. And it's like, well, you never really you know had him compete for the job. I wonder if that's a problem because this guy's way better than Garantano. I mean, they might have ruined Garantano, but this guy is way better than Garantano, at least in my opinion. For a half. What would you think about uh, Auburn and all their turnovers in the swamp? I, I told you. I, you thought I, they I were going to turn it. the ball over 800 times? No,
1: no. I, I thought Florida would have a good chance of winning. And I should have picked them in their little picket, but I didn't. Didn't have the guts. Um, but Auburn is made up. Auburn is made up.
0: Yeah, that, I'm I'm with you now. I'm I'm on that one. Uh, And finally, your record is now 0-5 on Sundays of picking the Titans games.
1: Yeah. So?
0: (laughs) So I think you have to pick Denver on
1: Sunday. I'm picking whoever we play from now on.
0: <laughs> turn the tide around a little bit that's it for us we're out of here preds with a win uh on thursday a loss on saturday preds insider Stu grimson is with ryan that's coming up next be caller five right now 615-737-1025 you want a pair ticket to see national sc take on north carolina at nissan stadium saturday october 12th preds insiders is next jared the GM.